Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Father Andrew Mattingly. I am a Catholic priest in Kansas City, Missouri, and this is a podcast where I post homilies and random other stuff that I might teach or speak about. Hope you find something useful and maybe even inspiring. God bless you. It's good to be with all of you this evening, our, our fifth uh, iteration of this Mass. Um, and tonight our, our Lord in the Gospel has some pretty strong things to say. Um, our second reading was pretty strong too, James kind of speaking about the dangers of, of wealth, how it can and lead us um, astray very easily. In the Gospel today, the Lord um, talks about two, two particular dangers um, to our sort of journey to heaven. Uh, the first one that, that he talks about um, is that he, he mentions uh, what are often called occasions of sin. So occasions of sin or any sort of circumstance or, or even a, a, an individual in our life um, who is kind of a, a, a place of temptation for us, if you will. Um, so any circumstance or a person in our life or, or a particular series of events that we know that if, if I put myself in that situation, I'm pretty likely out of weakness uh, to fall and to sin. Um, and the Lord says in the gospel today, and he uses the analogy of the body, he says, okay, if your eye causes you to sin, if your hand, if your foot, by that he means any, any of these occasions, any, anything that, that may lead you into sin, Basically, his message is we have to be pretty ruthless and and steering clear of those things. Like, we have to really, really take that very seriously. Now, there are a variety of ways in which we can do this, sort of avoiding near occasions of sin, in terms of the motive that we have, right? Our motive might simply be because we're, we're afraid of ending up in hell, right? The Lord speaks very very bluntly about hell in, in today's gospel. Um, and we call this, often in the spiritual life, we call this like sort of imperfect contrition or like an imperfect motive. Like if my primary motive for following Jesus is simply that I, I, I don't want to end up in a place of, of eternal punishment, there's nothing wrong with that per se, but it's certainly not where the Lord wants us to be. <laughs> he wants us to be in a place of what, what we often call perfect contrition, which is, I want to try and avoid sin, not so much because I'm afraid of what might happen to me, which is sort of a, a, a self-centered motive, but primarily I want to avoid sin, and I want to avoid these occasions that could lead me to sin, because I don't want to hurt Jesus, right? The one who, who created me and redeemed me, who loves me, who shows me mercy every day, who guides my life, who I've come to know intimately in prayer, hopefully, right? This person, I don't want to hurt him. I've come to know him, and I don't want to hurt him. And so I want to steer clear of any possible circumstance or occasion in which I might hurt him. Similar to how you imagine a husband and a wife, um, hopefully, <laughs> in, a, in a marriage where, where things are going well, the husband would say to himself, you know what, like, I know that when this particular circumstance arises, I'm tempted in that moment to hurt my wife in some way, whether through anger or whatever it might be, right? Some sort of 
hurtful action or word toward her. So I want to steer clear of that situation. Like, I want to keep a five-mile radius between me and that circumstance because I love her so much and I don't want to hurt her. And vice versa, a wife would say that too. I know this circumstance, when we get into it, like, I, I almost always fall, I almost always hurt my husband in some way when we're in this circumstance. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything in my power to avoid this, this situation. Right? We want what our Lord is asking of us in the gospel today in terms of removing occasions of sin from our life. We want those to be motivated by the best possible motive, which is a motive of love, not so much a motive of fear. So it'd be good for each of us tonight to, to maybe start by examining, okay, what are, what are the circumstances and the places in which I most often wound our Lord with, with my sin? And what can I do to make those circumstances and occasions as remote or as far away as possible, right? What can I do to make them as far away as possible out of love for Him? The second kind of intense thing that our Lord talks about in the Gospel today um, is, simply put, He talks about scandal. Scandal is any, any word or action or even an, an omission, something that we, we should do but that we don't. Um, any of those things that leads somebody else to choose to sin, right? So it's sort of a setting a bad example is, is scandal. The Lord uses the example of uh, scandalizing a child who believes in him. And he uses the strongest possible language to condemn this. He says, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me a child who believes in Christ, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it'd be better for him if a great millstone were put around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. This, you know, this isn't gentle Jesus <laughs> in this particular moment of his public ministry, right? His, his love for children who, who are following him leads him to condemn in the strongest possible terms anything that anyone would do to intentionally lead a child astray into sin. We can kind of expand that, you know, hopefully none of us here in this church tonight are actively trying through word or action to encourage someone else to sin. Hopefully not. But if we broaden that a little bit, we can also use this to, to, to give ourselves a very important reminder about both the responsibility and the privilege that we have as believers, right? If we call ourselves Christian or Catholic, and the people around us in our life know that we identify as such, then it's important for us to be very aware that every single word I speak and an action that I take or don't take is either going to lead somebody closer to Christ in His church or farther away. It's, it's either going to lead somebody closer to Him or farther away. Like everything that I do, nothing is sort of has a neutral effect on the people around me, right? Um, I, I give you just sort of a couple concrete examples of what it would look like um, for somebody to become aware of this in a, like a professional work setting, let's say. Um, so I'll just call this guy John. John's going to be an example of, of how to not lead somebody <laughs> closer to Christ and his church by his words and actions and omissions during his just sort of normal work day. Um, now, John isn't intentionally trying to lead somebody into sin. Right? He's not causing direct scandal. He's just not being any sort of vehicle for somebody to come to salvation, 
right, to, to know Jesus Christ and his church. So with his words, for example, um, usually John during the morning break, he'll get together with a few coworkers and pretty much every single day they'll end up gossiping about somebody, a fellow coworker or a boss, right? Somebody who knows that John is a Christian Catholic in that group, they're not going to be inspired by his gossip to pursue the Lord and his church, right? He, he, in that moment, becomes an obstacle to somebody's potential salvation, right? So, in a way, there's sort of a small s scandal going on there. At, at lunchtime, pretty much always when he gets together with coworkers, he complains about something. The weather, his wife, the boss, whatever. He complains about something, right? Again, somebody who incessantly complains and has a negative outlook on life, nobody's going to be inspired. Oh, I want to, <laughs> I want to follow John. I want to, I want to adhere to the faith that he has. Like, I really admire the way he lives. He complains all the time, right? <laughs> no, nobody's going to say that, right? So in that moment of just sort of using his words to break down instead of to build up, to complain, he's, he's going to become an obstacle to somebody coming to know Christ and his church. And Oftentimes in the afternoon when John's tired, he doesn't make any effort to overcome his tiredness when somebody sort of interrupts him. And he, he almost always will address somebody else in the afternoon who interrupts him with a, with a very impatient, sometimes a very angry tone of voice. Right? So even his tone of voice there becomes an obstacle to somebody coming to know Christ and his church. We can look at some of his actions throughout his workday. Don't need to go as much into detail with these. Let's say he's pretty much chronically late to every meeting that he's a part of, right? Nobody's going to be very inspired by John's chronic tardiness. <laughs> they say, I want to live, like, live like that guy, you know? Um, so again, another obstacle. Um, it's pretty well known among those who work close to him in his office that in the afternoons, he'll usually use one to two hours of work time that he's getting paid for to do personal things, right? Personal things from his personal life. Right? Again, a sort of lack of integrity. Nobody's going to be inspired to follow Christ in his church by seeing him live in that particular way. And then oftentimes when he turns in projects because he wastes so much time at work, it's very shoddy work. He turns in things that are somewhat incomplete, they're not very impressive, um, certainly nothing that could really glorify God. And so, again, another example of him becoming an obstacle to his boss or whoever else sees his work, kind of coming to faith through his witness. Um, and we can finally also say omissions, right? We can, we can scandalize other people too when we don't do something that we should be doing. Classic example of this with John is if he's in conversation with coworkers and somebody makes a really crude joke, like really nasty joke about Christ or the church or women or whatever, and he says nothing. Right? He's just silent. He just sort of takes it lying down. Um, he doesn't stand up for the truth in that moment. Um, and so he sins by omission. And that sort of lack of courage, uh, sort of cowardice in that moment, again, it's going to become an obstacle. It's not going to inspire anyone to come to know Christ and his church. And finally, we might think about, you know, the coworker that works most closely with John, who he never never bothers to really ask them how they're doing, how their weekend was, you know, he never bothers to get to know them at all. So over time, that omission of just caring at all about this particular coworker again, becomes an obstacle to that person 
coming to know Christ in the church. They say, well, John's Catholic, and, and, and Catholics don't care one iota about the people they work <laughs> closely with. Like, why would, I, why would I take any interest in, in, in coming to know, the, you know the, G, the Jesus that he claims to believe and so on? So, so it's good for us to examine our life and to see, it asks the question, like, am I fully aware of the impact of my words and actions and omissions throughout the day, do I really feel that responsibility fully? Um, and do I also feel the, that privilege fully? Um, it's a great privilege <laughs> that the Lord would choose to use us, weak as we are, to potentially bring other people to Him, right? So it's, it's a responsibility and a privilege. Um, so we ask the Lord today to give us the courage to take that upon our shoulders with His help. Um, and to really live in such a way that people would be drawn, drawn to Christ through us.